Okay, y'all, open up with me in your Bibles to Haggai chapter 2. Or Haggai, excuse me. Page 791 in our Pew Bibles. If you don't have a Pew Bible, maybe you have your own. It's okay. Uh, it's easy to skip over. Table of Contents is your friend always in any book. And also the good book. Uh, that Most of the Bibles have it. You'll be able to find what page number it's on. While you're opening up to Haggai chapter 2, and as I was praying and preparing for, uh, uh, for a proclamation of this word, a couple Bible passages came to mind that are actually very, very important for us in interpreting what we're about to read. Because when you read it, I think with me, perhaps you might say, interesting. <laughs> I think this is probably important because it's in the Bible. Uh, but it might be a, a bit more difficult. This is just not one of those passages that you say, you know what, I think, you know, maybe for devotion today, I'm going to open this up to Haggai chapter 2, starting with verse 10. Uh, you'll see what I mean, but uh, I do believe that God has a strong word for us here. In fact, uh, the very depths of the concepts of the gospel are here. Jesus Christ himself is revealed in a mighty and powerful and, dare I say it, freeing way, even with holy meat held in the fold of your garment, right? You'll see. I hope. But here's that Bible verse that I was mentioning, the first one. The other is a story from the life of Jesus. The Bible verse is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. In other words, you've got to have holiness. If you don't have holiness, you will never see God. Okay? That's a very bold, strong, and should be frightening Bible verse, okay? That's the first one. The second, alongside this Bible verse, are, and I could have chosen a lot, uh, but I just kind of gravitated to this one, is the miracles of Jesus. Some of the particular cleaning miracles. What do I mean by that? Uh, there was a time when uh, Jesus was on his way to uh, a man's house and a woman who had a, a very difficult situation. She was bleeding uh, and had been for some time. Uh, she touched Jesus's garment. Uh, would have been right around here. There would have really been a tassel like this in all likelihood. When she did, she was made clean. She was made well. In other words, she was healed. But the big deal is that someone like that, uh, for instance, that woman who had that difficulty, uh, she would have, per the Levitical law of the Old Testament, been considered unclean. And in fact, what that meant is she wouldn't have been able to come to church because she was unclean, barred at the door. She wouldn't have been able to stay with her family lest she make them unclean. She wouldn't have been able to go to Sunday dinner, wouldn't have been able to go to work, she wouldn't have been able to do anything because she's unclean and she would have made others unclean. And so in desperation, hidden humiliation, embarrassment, fear, she reaches the hand out and touches this miracle man's tassels. And what happens? She's made clean and Jesus says, stop the show. Maybe you're familiar with the story. Stop. Something just happened, right? And what did he tell her? Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you clean. You are clean. What was unclean is now clean. Very important for us. Very important, and you'll see why in just a moment. 
our, uh, our main point today. God gives his people holiness, which translates into true blessing. Uh, uh, it's a bigger deal than we might think. Let's pray. We'll read it today. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this word. Indeed, what some might call an obscure word. And yet, Lord, Jesus was born into this world obscure. And he changed everything. God, I pray you would change our hearts with such an obscure word today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Haggai chapter 2, starting with verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priests answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priests answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so it is, uh, so is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. This is the word of the Lord. It stands forever. This is God's true word for us. We can be blessed by it today. Now, remember that main point. God gives his people holiness, which translates into true blessing. Two points to get us there. What does God tell us about holiness? And what does holiness do? We kind of already got a little bit of that answer, but we're going to see it in depth right now. First, what does God tell us about holiness? Verses 10 through 14. We'll start with verses 10 and 11. They are the setup to the passage. And typically, we would skip over them to get to what some people might call the meat. No pun intended, right? Meat in the fold of the garment. Come on, y'all. Uh, I set that one up. Anyways, uh, we, we would skip over them always. Okay, yeah, you know, yada, yada, yada. Okay, it's the time and the month and the place. This is the prophet speaking, and he's asking a question. I get it, I get it. Let's, let's kind of move on to the content. But we should not immediately skip over this, because here, God, by his word, he, he's speaking a word, is asking about his word, right? God is speaking a word about his word. And the word of the Lord came by the prophet asking about the law 
right? It's what we see in verses 10 and 11. The law being that which God himself had given. Even before we get to the technical content of the passage, we must not skip over this vital reality. Truth illuminates truth. Truth always illuminates truth. Think about that. It's a little bit deeper than you might think. Truth illuminates truth. Always. In fact, this reality is the baseline for holiness. Because I've given you the main point, right? God gives us people holiness. And y'all might have thought, what? <laughs> I, don't, I think I know what that is because people use it all the time, right? Holiness. But in fact, really, holiness can oftentimes be... I don't want to say misused, but it can definitely be uh, truncated. Uh, think, about, uh, think about holiness as being set apart. That's really kind of the baseline for what holiness is, okay? Uh, I'm over here, and I'm just regular. God picks me up, and he sets me over here, set apart, and now I'm holy, Okay, I know it's a very simple illustration, uh, but, but now we get to a very important piece. And you see this later in the Word. But uh, what happens sometimes is that we as Christians, not just the world, this is a Christian problem. We think about holiness as in uh, doing something. And that could be okay, maybe, but we've got to be careful. And here's why. Because when we think about holiness as in, well, I'm going to be holy. I'm going to do it. Okay? It might look a lot like a woodworker who spends a whole lot of time. Have y'all seen videos or maybe you know a woodworker? It's serious business. I mean, man, to see them going through all the different tools and trade and they're doing all this stuff. And what do you do? After you make the whole thing, you can't just leave it unfinished, right? You have to put that finish on it. You got to put that covering coat to protect it. And what happens with us is that we might be able to do the work and it might look perfect, but everything comes with a taint with us. It is as if we take our finely crafted woodwork and we dip it right into our finish, which is raw sewage. Got to finish it. And you pull that thing out, say, look at my work. Doesn't it look great? Would you like to have this? It's a bowl. You can eat cereal out of it. <laughs> you know, whoa, you know, no way. You, you finished it with raw sewage. You know, those are our works apart from God. We cannot just be holy. It doesn't work. We are tainted. And if you wanted to try, many of us have in our lives, uh, as we come into the faith, we think, I got this, Lord. Until we come to that part in our faith journey as we spiritually mature where we say, I don't got this, Lord. Many of you have experienced that. I know. I've spoken to many of you on such things. Holiness. God picking you up, moving you over, setting you down and saying, I've set you apart. You are holy. That is holiness. With this baseline established then, by the way, and we get this with that introduction, the word interpreting the word, we get that interpretation coming into verses 12 through 14. We see some revelation on some things, on holiness itself. Verse 12, you can see that something 
has been made holy, that something cannot ordinarily transfer its holiness, okay? In other words, that ritually set apart holy piece of meat can't make the bread and other food set apart. So that was the question. I've got the holy meat. I've done all the things that you told me to do, Lord. And Haggai saying, if you brush it, oh, holiness transfer, you know, no, it doesn't work that way. No holiness came over to the bread or the oil or the wine or the stew, okay? That's what we get in verse 12. Holiness cannot transfer onto something that is not holy ordinarily. Verse 13, it is difficult to maintain holiness and it is lost easily. Something that is set apart and holy in the manner God has ordained can quickly become unworthy. Can you see it? Well, okay, holiness can't go this way, but what about the other way? What if you have your holy thing and you rub up against a dead body, which at that time, that was a big deal in the Levitical law. You touch this dead body. By the way, not because of some, uh, it's not because of like the scientific, like, oh, he might get, uh, you know, a, a, a bacteria or something like that. And so this was God's way of preserving his people in health because they didn't have the antibody. That's not what this is. Death is, 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 is part of sin. The wages of sin is death. God has come to remove that death, to kill death, and to provide life and life everlasting. And so, as you see death, of course it's unclean, because it goes against the very nature of the gospel. That's why Jesus came. That's why he lived and died, that he might rise again, defeating death, right? The cross is up. Closer and closer we come. So... What we see then is that something holy, say I have that piece of meat, I touch a dead body, unclean. If you wanted to use the woman with the issue of the bleeding, she touches me and I'm the pastor, I can't come this Sunday. I'm having to call in Pastor John Rogers, uh, Pastor Mike Kelly, you know, so, uh, Pastor David Setzer. You know, we got to get another pastor in, right? Because I can't come, I'm unclean unholiness, uncleanness, boom, it can transfer in the Levitical law, which is revealing something. And I hope y'all will see this. Verse 14, though. So we've got verse 12, uh, holiness uh, can't give holiness. We've got verse 13, holiness can be easily lost. Verse 14, the last thing God tells us of holiness in this passage is that left to our own devices, we, that is humanity, have lost our holiness. It's gone. We've lost it. We were once set apart. We are now unclean. We've lost it. That's what verse 14 is telling us. Our uncleanness causes even good works to be sullied. The woodwork dipped in the sewage. Even the best work is still sullied by our corruption and sin. Don't you see it in verse 14? So is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands. And what they offer there is unclean. From the holiest grandmama to the most sinful grandson, right? That's what it is, right? Well, the elders, they're the super holy ones, right? And the young ones, they're the super sinner. 
does not matter. Every single one of us unclean. What do we do? It's this very reality. It's this moment in time that must lead us to our second point and the rest of God's word here. What does holiness do? Verses 15 through 19. First of all, as we're marching through this, let's remember those holiness Bible passages like Hebrews 12, 14. Remember it, without holiness, we won't see God. God just finished telling us we don't have holiness here, okay? So now we're stuck, right? We're thinking, well, now what? Now we keep looking to God and listening to God and watching for God because he's not through talking, working, and doing. God still has word for his people here, and he has a word for us. But before we get there, as a Christian... We must acknowledge that we are unholy apart from God. No works can save us. No good. No daily devotion. No Sunday morning worship. Nothing can save you except for God. We must, as Christians, agree to that before we can ever move on. Without it, we are just like the world. Striving in our own works to try to save ourselves and falling flat on our face. So, from that point, thinking, well, I'm with you, but we got to keep going, right? We've got to, as a lot of my friends, uh, I had a lot of AME uh, pastors that I went to seminary with, they said, you got to, you can't leave Jesus buried in the ground. You got to rise them up, right? That's what they would say. Uh, some of my good friends in the AME church had a bit more of a charismatic style, but uh, they have a great point there. We have to see Jesus in the gospel, and we get that here in the depths of Haggai chapter 2. And I hope that y'all can see it, because God just finished telling us a whole lot, but he's not done. From the beginning, God has put out an all call in all of his word, and he's been saying the same thing. Turn your hearts, your affections, with an A, affections. Turn your affections to me, and I will bless you. Don't miss the beauty of this back half of our text this morning. And it comes, the beauty does, not from our works, but from a true turning of the people's hearts toward God. Students, where's your youth at? Students, I'm looking at y'all. I see y'all. Sorry. Y'all are right in the kill zone, right? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I got y'all. Where's some other students? I see some students in the back. I see y'all. We got some teachers. All right, teachers, y'all perk up. All right, now think about this. Oh, I, I got you up there, okay? Students, I need y'all to conduct an experiment for me. Teachers, y'all are hearing this. I think y'all will be on board. For your next assignment in school, term, paper, whatever it is, all right? Come and, and tell your teacher this. Listen, teach. I have prepared, okay? I am ready. I have done all the research for the paper that is due today. And so I would ask that you would give me an A. I'm not going to do it. I have not done it. But I want you to give me the A. 
Y'all do it, okay? Parents, you heard it. Pastor says, okay? So y'all are fine. It'll all work out in the end. Uh, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Right, y'all? Don't do it, okay? I mean, that, that would be an immediate fail. You did not complete the assignment. For work that you have not done, you will not be blessed. You must do the work. People who go to work, you must do your work. If you don't get the work done, you do not get paid. Right? You get in trouble. Students, that's the worst, right? You feel, oh no, you're having nightmares. Did I, did I listen to Jeremiah or not? What, am I, what have I done? Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, jobs, you know, a lot of y'all uh, work on this kind of job side. If you didn't get the job done, you know, I'm, I'm looking back at one of our elders, construction. Uh, listen, he can't come to a blank slate of road and say, listen, I did it. There's the dirt. I brought the dirt. Aren't you going to pay me? <laughs> no. Are you crazy? We need a road. Can you see the word here? Can you really see it? Only the foundation had been built. And God said, from this day on, I will bless you. Think about that. It is the paper not written. It is the job not done. But what did I just finish saying anyways? The works of our hands didn't matter a lick anyways. That woman in desperation reached out and received the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not her own power. She's been stuck with it for years. Don't you think she would have fixed herself? But she couldn't. That's the power and the working of the Lord on his people's behalf. We come as we are. Because if we don't, we're just lying. Because we are who we are. And when we come into the presence of God, we look up and we say, Lord, save and God extends the hand of salvation and says, I will. I have sent my son Jesus for you. And my son Jesus has lived a perfect life for you. My son Jesus has died a sacrificial death for you. My son Jesus has been raised from the grave by his own power. And he has ascended into heaven and he's praying for you. More than that, not only have I sent my son, I have sent my Holy Spirit. And my Holy Spirit will dwell within you and will give you eyes to see where scales once were. Will give you ears to hear where you were stopped up. Will give you beating hearts that you can feel like you are alive because you are for the first time. And this Holy Spirit will see the job done because I know you cannot do it on your own. Don't you remember what I told you? But I will bless you if you turn your hearts to me. That's the gospel. It's the good news. And it is altogether offensive, especially to our culture where it is, get the job done. Let me see your work. 
Let's see if you're better than your neighbor. Let's see if you've made more. Let's see what you have. All of these things are of the world, though. For the Lord Jesus has come and shown us something different. He's shown us something that should not be. Holiness given. Only God in miracle could do such a work. And we see it here in Haggai chapter 2, verses 10 through 19. Let me walk us through four very fast applications and then we'll be all done. Uh, the first is our work is never done. I just said, you're not saved by the works of your hand, but I will tell you this. Upon salvation, your desire will be strongly to work for the Lord. We are not saved by our hands and the works of them. But man, oh man, do we work for the Lord upon salvation. Our hearts are changed. We are different people. And our desire is to do something. The foundation had been complete. The people of God, though, had a call to build the temple. And the temple got done. Did not look like the past. That's okay. Because God said... I will make it even grander yet once more and in a little while. Our work is never done, dear Christians. Number two, our blessing uh, that we receive from the Lord is not a total removal of difficulty or work. One of the most dangerous things that happens in the Christian church is that there is not mention of suffering, which we find all over the place in Scripture. Your hands will hurt as you work with them. There will be difficulty that you put on yourself, our own sin, and that's put upon us by others. It's not a total removal of difficulty or work. This life is not gumdrops, butterflies, and rainbows. Whoever said that is wrong. All right? Just live your life and you'll see that. God speaks to that and helps us to see how we might live together as a family and move forward in the work of the Lord while remembering our difficulties. Number three, our sin scars aren't forgotten in the midst of our God-given righteousness. All right, listen well. The sins of your past, they have consequences. I, I think scar is a great example. I've got some scars from some pretty serious injuries. And if y'all maybe resonate or you have a scar or maybe like a, a bone injury or something like that, uh, it sticks with you, right? It hurts it's tight, it cracks, you know, all these different things. We think, man, my knee, right? If only I wasn't a catcher in high school baseball. Whoo, those are the days. But right now, my knees hurt, right? All my friends, right? Oh, if only I wasn't a catcher in high school. I'm thinking, man, I was there. How many catchers did we have, you know? But, but that's one of one you hear sometimes. If only I wasn't a D lineman. Oh, my knees, right? You know, you hear the same things. But, but there's a truth to it, right? Sin scars are the same way. Even in righteousness that God has given us, when he picks us up, he saves us, he sets us down, he gives us the things that we can move forward with in life. We're working together as a big old family and sin scars remain. And they're tight and they reopen. Some of them are still wounds. Some of them fester. And yet the Lord works. And he keeps working as we maintain and look to him and cry out to him in his word, from his word, by his word, living lives after him. But we should not forget our sin scars because they're always there. And they will remain until the good Lord comes again. 
Fourth, finally, this Bible passage. In fact, all of God's word to humanity. It's a heart check first. The law, unclean, clean, holiness, all of our lives, all of it is established through and in the Lord. It's a heart check when we see God's word. And my question to you is, do you really believe it? Do you really believe it? Because we must say yes with our hearts. To lie will get you nowhere. We must reckon with the question of the heart check of the word. It will do you no good to do a thousand daily devotionals if you are not believing in God. In fact, it will only condemn you. It will do you no good to do all the good works in the world, to cure world hunger, if you do not have Jesus. For there will be a hunger in the depths of your soul that can never be quenched. We must be those followers of God truly, who look to the Lord and the holiness that he confers. Where is your heart at? Are you going to lie to... <laughs> Some podunk pastor. I'm nobody. But don't lie to yourself. Don't do yourself that eternal disservice. Let's be true. The culture wants a true statement of who we are. We are those who follow after the Lord Jesus. We are not perfect. We have never claimed perfection. Sorry if you thought that. In fact, we're probably worse than y'all are. Would you like my laundry list? Why don't we be real? Why don't we remind people that you can't be saved by what you wear or by who you are or by the color of your skin? Right now, one is in, is in uh, popularity, the other's not. Think about 70 years ago, it was the exact opposite. What's it going to be 70 years from now? Why don't we provide a foundation to say that none of these things are going to save you? It doesn't matter if we have an organ or if those down the street at Arsenal Hill have that guitar. It just doesn't matter. What matters is the Lord Jesus Christ and the proclamation of the gospel. And if we cannot be founded upon that, we of all people are most to be pitied. And so, dear Christians at Centennial, my family, we must heed Haggai the prophet. We must be ones that look unto the Lord for our holiness. And we must be true. Because if we are not, I promise you, we will be swept away. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray. I pray that we are true. That we are ones who confess not only with our mouth, but with our hearts. That you are God. That you are one. That you are mighty. And that you are mighty to save. God, help us to be those who are looking to Jesus and not to our own works. Help us to be ones who are holding fast to the gospel, who are not ashamed of who we are, but are, who are ones who are willing to share. Help us to know that you are the giver of holiness, and that with that is immense blessing. In fact, the ability to see you, O oh God. Lord, please, we cry out in desperation, even like that woman with that problem. Lord, please, God, save. In Jesus' name, amen.